Oof. Man, oh man. I'm not ready. But I'm known for one taking these podcasts, so I'm just going to roll with it. We're here. Guncast episode. Who knows? I'm really keeping track. Oh, we're just podcasting. Even we recorded an unreleased episode last night, me and you. Well, we didn't record it. We lived it. Yeah. Even when we're not podcasting, we're podcasting. And y'all never get to well, hear that one. I guess everyone is if it, if if, that, if podcasting is a conversation. The friend said something funny <laughs> for you last it. He said our podcasts art and therefore our podcasters artists <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can't yeah, get into that though man we can't, man. Get, we into can't get into that we could outline it without getting into it but anyways it's a rough it was a rough cast could talk about some real art though you went and hung out with an artist that we know random awesome <laughs> One of the worst names, but I guess he leaves a lot to be learned by the name, and then when you meet him, it's a little, he redeems himself, I guess. We'll have to have him on one day, maybe he'll explain what random awesome means. He's told me, but it was just, um, he was young when he had it in it. Still Stuck. there, kind of. Yeah. But you were over there because uh, you were, to my knowledge, watching some 4K films or just one film. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know that much. He'll, he'll correct whatever it was, but there... There's, we watched a few things, uh, four, and there was some 8K stuff, and um, it wasn't so much the K, it was the, you know, the UHD on, on the, the television with the Dolby um, Audio. IDEF, and um, the combination of that, you know. Which, it was something, yeah. It's really strange. What movie did you watch? Or uh, what were we watched a bunch of a bunch of pieces of movies because just to see the the scope. We watched The Shining. Okay. Uh, and the full the full thing. One of my favorites. But then we watched some a little bit more. Uh, uh, a little bit busier movies, just ones like The Big Lebowski or... Okay. Um, That's the one he was telling me of, about. Yeah, a little bit brighter. A palette, it's just a whole different... It's not a static. Uh, and then a um, handful of, of, of Batmans. The newer ones? Um, or? All. all. Okay. Uh, so the Tim Burton ones. Okay. A couple of, a couple of those two. Um, fast forward it to Begins. Uh, to the to the Nolan one, sure. Um, so he has a, an okay collection. Um, to to his credit, his collection is stifled by. There's they don't put movies out like that in that, yeah. in that form. So 
some of them are the film, so you have the full film ren render against the negative render. You have the 4K, you have the full, uh, almost like, I'm trying to not say it to where it's not understandable, as far as the explaining it, you know what I mean? Okay. Because, to my understanding, most most people think something like, if you have a 4K TV, you see 4K. But the actual source video needs to be in 4K too, right? Yeah, pretty much any time you're streaming, you're not going to be seeing what, what okay. I'm talking about. Um, files are compressed, obviously. Everyone right, right. knows these things, but... Yeah, so the source materials um, should be the DVD. They only have so many they've done in this. They'll do more, you know, but it's it's super new. And they only have so many, so he, he, he only had about 30, which is a, lo a lot kind of, but it's like classics, basically. Sure. But these discs are 100 gig, you know what I mean? Right. 100 gig movie. And... It's just something crazy to see, um, especially on its TV, which is not, it's it's also just cutting edge. So do you have to have, you have to have the 4K capable TV, obviously the 4K DVD. What kind of player? Is it just a, is it a specific 4K player that he's using, or do you know? I don't really know. Okay. I don't know if it's... Um, a typical Blu-ray or whatever, right. maybe player. PlayStation or something. Um, yeah, because I believe it can. The player doesn't doesn't matter because okay. of the source material. Right. It, it's it's not. Um, it doesn't deal with. It doesn't have any effect on it. It's more of. Nothing's traveling anywhere. It's just going through the. From the from the disc, which is, that render and into the into the television. Which may not be interesting to a lot of people, but it is really strange to see. I didn't, I wasn't necessarily, I'm not a nerd or anything when, when it comes to technology. Don't really even know how to use it that well, but what got me thinking since last night, since seeing it was, it's a, it was a bit... I was telling you earlier, I thought it was pretty scientific in the sense that it's not a remaster, repurposed, re, you know, remixed album, re right. whatever, restored. Obviously, going to go back. No, and no, do there's, something there's no, there's no re. You're just, you have the original stuff and you're discovering or you're able to make discoveries that have always been there that maybe no one has seen because we weren't technologically capable Random of seeing that described stuff. it to me as like he said it was like a haze was uncovered cleared over the film or over the movie yeah that's basically that is the the simplest way to put it um I've just been mulling over the past 16 or 18 hours that the idea that Kubrick can put something in the can and 
even like Kubrick Kubrick did not even see what we saw now just because he couldn't he physically wasn't possible yet the guy in the cutting room the guy and no one you know I no one was rendering these things against each other and throwing them through this piece of technology to where it's treated the simplest way to put it to my interpretation which is basically the same as his when he says a haze was lifted is that it becomes a dynamic painting rather than a static screen so when you look at a a classic painting and you can see the dynamics maybe down there in the left corner have nothing to do with the ones in the top right you know right. It's, of, it's of the same world but it's its own thing and um, there's not light cast on the screen there's light treated almost in every pixel that you can I mean you can't see see them but as a result you see the result you know right it's, so those were the, the my takeaway was it was more of a dynamic painting and then it was a everything else after seeing this to me looked like when you apply a filter onto something and it just treats everything. When you take a photo, you put sepia filter or, right. or, or cold blue filter and it treats the whole frame. And you don't really notice until you see something like this that is, it's just treated every area. You know, a man's in the dark and it's pitch black and he pulls out a flashlight. In the movies, the whole scene lights up. Yeah. It's not real though. It's not how life looks like. You know, the fla- a flashlight does not light a whole room. It just lights a beam. Um, and that's what... It, it's such an isolated, dynamic range where, you know, the corners of the frames are still pitch. You see nothing. And you see that beam. And it's... Uh, I was talking to random... Uh, just... Uh, thinking out loud about how it might be more real than vision Interesting. after watching some and some uh, we had watched a few um, vi- video uh, f- of Morocco in 8k it was some footage that someone had taken on on the television and it was although this was this would be compressed you know but it uh it was really something. My takeaway from it was I just found it so strange that we can discover something that's always been there. Not so strange, but about a movie, I guess. In science, that's what we do, right? We get the microscope and we learn about things that have always been there that we didn't know. And we know that, you know, germs and things. That's what it made me think of, you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes me think of like an archaeologist like brushing away dirt with a little you know, handheld brush and finding dinosaur bones or something, right? Yeah. In a, in a way, to me, that's a, a little bit different because you're digging and you're finding something, right? Oh, so you're, you're not looking the, at something. I'm saying if I look microscope. at my hand, 
you need the technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But it, it is that, though. His simple analogy of the haze is, uh, to me, that was after the fact. My first realization was this awe kind of dynamics. I'm just going to keep using the word dynamics the only way I really know how to put it, image. And then when, when you look at other things, you it just looks like a, a really stale static filter that is applied to every, you know, every frame or every pixel or if it's a photo or whatever. Was there like a noticeable difference between something like The Shining, which came out in what, 84 or 80, and like Batman Begins 2006, like 20 year difference? Or yeah, or but... Does the 4K just look so good that it's all kind of on a level playing field almost? Does that make sense? Yeah, the strange thing about it is it doesn't make it look modern. So that's something that's weird, right? Okay. Um, watching it uh, either or, they don't look like, you know, this year's movie. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what that's what kind of um, that's why it's so uh, impressive, I guess. Is that you still see its age. But it just but looks it's so much better. So that is a... There is a difference. You can for sure for sure, for sure see the difference. Um, a lot of... The way that Kubrick does, he's just the best, you know? So it's really hard to f find any shortcomings right. in anything he does. Even when... You can find them to me anyway. You, it almost exposes people, right? When you, it's almost like being on stage in a jazz band doing some improv, and you know if you don't got the chops, you're going to be exposed. If everyone around you does, right, right, right. Not that you don't have the chops, or Tim Burton doesn't, but some of the harder things to have the chops, the harder scenes, for example, at the beginning of the older Batman's when they're walking through the streets of New York, that's. You're shooting outside. You're shooting right. out in the dark. I don't know if it's day for night or not. I can't remember. But those are less controlled than something, say, in Catwoman's apartment, where you know all different types of pink were popping out that I had never seen before. Okay. And all all different types of things where you could you could catch those, but something you know on Manhattan Avenue uh, down the street when when he's walking with his parents at the beginning. There's only so much you can do when you're shooting that. But, you know, Kubrick stuff, it's not, it's like perfect, you know? What are some examples, like, um, um, actual, do you have, can you think of any that in The Shining that you notice? Yeah. Colors or like? Um, so you, you, you could see refractions and stuff and you could see lens. Um, feedback in, in some of the, say, the gold room. Okay. It's just completely, just a, it's just blown out whites. You, okay. Just because uh, the reflections you from see the gold it, and stuff? Yeah, you see it like your eye sees it, I guess. Okay. Just when You know when we were lighting, say, when we were taking some photos the other day for, for visas? 
Yeah. Remember when we were manipulating the light and it was just shadow casting yeah. and things like that? And that's what it looks like when you have a, a photo or, or when you, uh, you know, when we do all the videos and we light a scene. You light it the way you want it to be perceived. But this is almost like having all of the autonomy in the world. Um, each chandelier was dictated the, the way that they, they, you know what I mean, had, had set it up to be. Right. And it was, there was a really, there was a handful of things. The intro was maybe the wildest part. Where they're driving through uh, the... All of the driving scenes. The trees yeah. and stuff. Um, as far as visually goes. There was also one of the more dynamic scenes was where Wendy was on the couch and Danny's playing on the floor and they're watching the TV with no cord and um, in the hotel in the in one of the bigger rooms it's just there's just it's just so dynamic um, and then it stays the same when they go outside, which was which was the point I was was getting to it. It's consistent. It's a strange thing. I would have never, obviously, never seen anything like. I don't know really anyone that gives a fuck about that type of shit right. anyway. So, this is all his thing. His fancy. Uh, the only thing I know about technology is what he tells me, right. really, because I don't really give a fuck, but. I do find it interesting. What I found interesting, my takeaway from it, wasn't about movies or anything like that. It was more about the idea that this was filmed, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever. And it looks... And they're bringing things out that right. have always been there that we haven't been able to see that kind of struck, struck a chord, I guess. Makes you wonder... You know what I mean? Technology's always getting better. Maybe yeah. in another 30 years, are people going to be able to listen to albums and hear things that they couldn't hear? You know, videos, TV, movie, stuff like that, just to an even greater scale. I really don't know, but I assume so. I think it's um, not to sidestep it, but it's I think um, a statement people say a lot that I might be worth examining since pretty much that's all we do at the podcast, just kind of think out loud. I was thinking the other day the podcast is kind of like a psycho journal, like a, a psycho analysis. Yeah. Where we just kind of sit and think about things. It's not really, f I realize it's not for anyone. Like, who could possibly be sitting there like, ah, I just love this shit, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> it reminds me, just because we were talking about it yesterday in Ad Astra, when Brad Pitt has to do the the psyche valves, where he just kind of has to talk out loud about, like, what was going on. Yeah. And then, like, the computer's like, either you passed or you failed. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny because it doesn't seem to make sense uh, as far as... Now, what's your who are you doing this what's your target or what it's, is your it's like, like the rear uh, I don't fucking know remember the rear when he was like well, you can't, what is your podcast even about you can't just be talking you gotta, <laughs> it's gotta be about something uh, 
There's no. It's not it like hey, on this though. podcast. Every week we talk about movies or weightlifting right. or whatever. Yeah, it's maybe we'll find that one day. Maybe we'll find, or maybe through the law of probability, we'll start to kind of hone in on something. But what I was thinking when you were just saying, you know, technology gets better or whatever, I kind of, and and to segue it by, you know, him just saying something completely thoughtless, like, uh, when someone says something like, what are you going to talk about? Uh, you can't just have a podcast about, you got to, it's got to be about something. I really always think, has this, is this person just parroting something that he's heard? Because you can't really think about that and really come to a conclusion that it does have to, right? Yeah. What, where, the, where is the original thought of It that? seems like it could just be informed by the other podcast. The, they listen to a podcast that's about, you know, the rear probably listens to one about World of Warcraft. So they listen to a podcast that's about World of Warcraft. That means every other podcast has to be about something hyper-focused or... Yeah, so where I was taking it was, I find, I a lot of times like a misnomer to me when 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 you had just said you know technology is getting better and better and better. I I uh, it's an interesting idea, not that one that I have an analogy for, but I don't think it's getting as good as people say it is. I think a lot of the times when people say better, I don't think they're able to really. Um, unpack it I guess not that I disagree right because because yeah uh, sure it is as a blanket statement but mostly when people say better I noticed it only boils down to a couple things and one is speed and you wonder how that's better does that make any sense? Yeah, I don't think that's why I was saying it. Right, right. I was just giving one example yeah. of one that came to mind. I mean, it's it's the idea that information's able to be processed faster. I guess would be better, but like, is inter- is the internet better because you don't have to wait for? It yeah, to I have a hard time like meeting halfway that says the more information, the better. Because why would you care about information processes if you don't believe the more of it, the better, you know? Right. It's a, it's not something that we, we really have to jump on. I was just... I'm always so uh, suspicious, I guess, when people are... I mean, on one hand, it's just crazy. We have these supercomputer phones or whatever it may be. I'm not taking anything away from that. I just... Uh, all of the things don't seem better. Like a, a phone that stores more, more memory. Is that better? I mean, it's not worse, right? Right, but where's the... When is it diminishing returns, you know what I mean? Right. When I say it, I say it in the sense that, like... People in the 50s thought we were going to have jetpacks and flying cars. 
I sometimes feel like that because I'm like, well, shit, if this is what's going on right now and I'm 20-something years old, what the hell's going to be going on when I'm 60? You know what I mean? And I look back 20 years when I was five years old. We didn't have DVDs or cell phones or shit like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's only been 20 years and we've got all this. Give it another 60. What What's possible? Yeah, I just try, I just try to unpack it um, as far as oh, we had a VHS and you put it in a VCR, right? And then it came onto a television. Yeah. Now we have it a Blu-ray and you put it in a Blu-ray and it comes it on a television. It's still to the me, same it technology. doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. It's you almost know what I mean? just like it's, minor conveniences. Yeah, it's. It, I'd have I have trouble calling it a leap, you know. To me, technological leaps like the cell phone to me seems like a technological leap, don't you think? The smartphone, I guess I should say. Um, Even though, I guess by your argument, it would just be a better form of the computer. Or a, a, a quicker form, or a more convenient a mobile form of the computer, right? Yeah. But to me, that just it just seems like so... Like a laptop cr- or something? It just seems so crazy. Like, if you were to show a cell phone to someone living in the 80s, a smartphone, rather. Wouldn't their whole world just be fucked? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or if you were to show a Tesla, that's that's I I felt that when I was in the Tesla with the with the auto driving and this huge screen that kind of just takes care of a lot of itself and like stuff like that. I'm like, I remember seeing movies ten years ago that had this as like a sci-fi thing all it takes place in 2400 and they got a car that's like a tesla now in 2019 i don't know yeah i think uh broad strokes it's impressive broad strokes are i can agree i guess the breakdown though when you when you start to interrogate it you know what i mean for example I always use this example, and you've probably heard me say it a hundred times. It takes the same amount of time to fly from New York to L.A. as it does, did in the 60s. Right. The planes are just bigger and nicer. More convenient. So, like, is that better? I guess, yeah. <laughs> then it becomes a definite, a, you know, what do you mean by better? Right, like the actual technology itself isn't that much better, but it's more convenient for you as a consumer. It's a right. better product, right? To an extent, yeah, I guess. Just a rough blanket, the better blanket. Right. You know what I mean? The better blanket is like, uh, um, it's similar to, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get in that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, we talked about it yesterday, but in Ad Astra when he, when he takes the commercial flight to the moon, right? Like, that's something that, you know, what if that happens in the next 30, 40 years? And then I'll, I'll be thinking back, like, oh, when I was 20, that was something that was only in movies, and it seemed crazy, and now you can actually get on a flight like you're going from New York to L.A., but you're going from Earth to the moon. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is Ad Astra Movie of the Year. That's your movie of the year. Bold cinematic. No, no, it's not. I, it wasn't. It won't even be in my top ten. But uh, if I was every other person I've seen on the internet, I would tell you that Ad Astra was my movie of the year, and then next week I would have saw Joker, 
when I would tell you that Joker was my movie of the year. And then this week, what would you say? I'm seeing The Lighthouse, hopefully so one that's of these probably days. Gonna so be movie the, of the year. Yeah, okay, so you definitely have adopted the new way of thinking, which is what I like to call two-week amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like the goldfish syndrome? Yeah. It's, uh, well, you were saying earlier, hot, hot take, take culture. culture. HTC. They don't open their mouth unless it's a... And even old people do it, like yeah. Berman on ESPN. Yeah. Just hot take, motherfucker. Well, it's it's almost like you kind of have to, to be relevant in, in this age where there's so much information and there's so many people's takes, where if I go and say, hey, I liked The Joker, it was a cool movie, no one cares. But if I'm like, Joker fucking sucked, or if I'm like, Joker was the best movie I've ever fucking seen. That's how you're going to get it. Then right. you get people Reactive, talking. Yeah. That's why you get stupid fucking kids. A a a, a quick um, a quick peeve of mine, which is relevant, is when people call things amazing. Um. Uh, like the coffee uh, mocha latte from Starbucks is amazing. It's just like, ah oh, man, I can take this two of one of two ways. Number one, I want to say that amazes you. That kid, that thing that kid just made. Number two, I want to say, you probably are so fucking lame, it does amaze you. <laughs> but it's that it's semi-relevant to the, to the hot take culture where they just speak in just crass exaggerations. And I think it... Do you think it's um, serviced, kind of um, groomed by clickbait? Yeah, stuff. a little bit. Another thing that I think is... Um, like speaking in clickbait. Because you want to be listened to. Yeah. So you say something extreme to hook, ooh, everyone's ears perks up. Yeah, listen to me. I got the clickbait, of verbal clickbait here. I also think, similar to that, um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain. But if I sit here and I say, oh, I liked Joker, and then, like, say, end of the year... Joker wins Best Picture. You're not going to really... It's not relevant. But if I'm going on... If I make a statement, Joker was the best movie I've seen in, in a decade or something, and then Joker wins something, you'll remember it. But if it doesn't win, you're not going to remember that I said it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a... You're hedging your bets. Or like when, when sports analysts do their Super Bowl predictions and they pick two crazy teams because no one's going to remember in three months, four months, yeah. that you pick two crazy teams unless you were right. Yeah. It's almost like a way to make yourself look cool with no repercussions. Yeah, and there's really no repercussions ever. Yeah. Which is why right. all these, you know, entertainers are the best example. They can pretty much do whatever they want. All they have to do is come out and say sorry afterward. And in three weeks, you know, this guy that raped so-and-so is pretty much going to be straight. You know what I mean? Well, they, it does seem like lately you can get canceled way harder yeah, yeah, than you yeah, could. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, maybe that was a bad example, but... It's the idea. I think that, if like, Justin Bieber goes and beats Justin Bieber and then just says he's sorry in the end, yeah. it's it's completely fine. Or, yeah, I guess it depends on what exactly it is you do. Like Justin Bieber is probably a dickhead to some people. Yeah, but maybe if you just pick the right topics, maybe rape's not the one. But I think about it with like sports and entertainment a lot, especially like how the, everyone's the next so and so. Yeah, especially with sports or how like you were saying, whoever it was, the sports analyst can say anything. And then if they're wrong, 
No one's going to no remember. No one fact checks it. But if you're right, you can be like, hey, remember when I said that Tom Brady was going to yeah. whatever, you know? It reminds me, Nassim Taleb says says that about finance people. Yeah. it's uh, They make their whole career and their whole living, but none of them, no one is an expert at it. They don't. They don't really have a. You know what I mean. They're the collection of people that are at the top have the odds of randomness. Yeah. It's like what we talked about with record labels, right? How they can they can say, "Oh, we did this, this, and that to make this band successful," but they can't do it every time. Yeah. So, so. that's not a formula. If you can't replicate it, it's not a formula for, you know, whatever you're, I don't like to say success because what does it mean, but in anything, though, I think, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty bozo. Or I like to think about it um, in terms of fantasy football, which some people that I know, that me and you both know, think that fantasy football is a skill-based thing. And it's uh, maybe 10%, 20, maybe, but it has to be at least 80% luck. But people, you know, go around and act like they know or act like they... It's funny, right? ...have the secret. It's like you don't. (laughs) Your sport's called fantasy. Right. So that's kind of funny. It seems like I was just thinking about something when we were talking about the hot take. In the, in the, uh, the real short kind of attention span seen The two-week thing, how you just, whatever's the newest thing on your radar you say is the best thing you've seen? Yeah, it seems like I was thinking about, um, I had a, something kind of interesting before I kind of got off of it. It was, uh, um... Well, I can't. I can't really remember now. What were we talking about? We were, you were talking about the hot take and the stuff. Yeah, I brought up Joker and how Joker was my movie, but then last week at Astra, and the next week's the Lighthouse, and then. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't. Not to not to call out. Maybe I'll just keep talking and you'll think about it. But yeah. not to call out random, but uh, he did say that once upon a time in Hollywood was an undefeated, undefeatable movie of the year. You might as well everyone else throw in the towel because this is it for this year. And then a couple months later, we was declaring Joker a cinematic masterpiece. And I asked him, I said, hey, didn't you say that, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was untouchable? And I was like, so he was, which, which one's the best movie then? And he says, let me get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, so... What I was thinking was, it's kind of uh, this similar. Um, it's just about people and how they talk. I'll say talk because I don't believe that they think this way. I think it's just a bunch of fucking lip service. But um, the idea that in this, this is kind of a takeaway from what we were just talking about. Never... I mean, I've been on the earth not that long, but I I knew what the word polarizing meant as a kid. Never have I heard it so many fucking times as I have in the last four years, five, maybe five. And it, it kind of harkens 
to what we're saying right now is that if you talk to one of us, um, kind of a bit more grounded, where we might just say we like something or whatever, not too many hot takes. You know, we we just say them to be funny. You know. Yeah. But um, never have I heard the word polarizing um, be used so fucking much. And I think it's a, it could be a byproduct of what we're talking about. Because people speak in hot takes where something's either fucking great or fucking awful. Yeah, so you're choosing the harsh left or the harsh right. You're like, you're getting, you're like a, um, I don't want to say an extremist, but you're just amongst fodder if you, if you, uh, like or dislike something. You, right. you have to take a stand and live for it or you have to vehemently reject the whole idea and everything it stands for which kind of bleeds into that cancel culture type stuff but um, I think the polarizing idea um, seemed like it used to mean something as ah, that's something people either love or hate which is obviously the definition of right. it so that seems okay but what about when everyone just ups and decides to love or hate and no no gray area in between, no gradient, as I like to call it. If everyone just ups and decides that they either love or hate, and those are the two words, even though I would just argue that they don't do either, they just say that yeah. they do, because what do they know about either? And what does anyone know about either? But um, the point is, if everyone ups and decides to live like that, then everything's just polarizing. And I, this came to my mind... The other day, I think we were talking to Gene, and he's like, well, well, yeah, he's one of those polarizing figures, isn't he? And I'm just sitting there. Th I was, I, I was thinking something. I wasn't in the conversation. I was just sitting nearby, and I was thinking that, no, it's not, actually. We were talking There's about nothing polarizing about that. Nick Kroll, uh, the comedian, the guy that does the Big Mouth show, is what we were talking about. Right. And you said that. You watch, we, we actually, we both kind of said the same thing where we watch it, but it's not like when I'm watching Big Mouth, I'm the opposite super tuned in. Right. I right. never hear anyone raving about it, and I never hear anyone saying um, that it's the worst thing ever made. I, my assessment was actually that it was bland and mediocre. Not to take anything away from it, because it's cool. Yeah. Cartoons are cool to me. And let me just say a side note. We were, were not watching these cartoons for recreation. We were researching. I didn't want to... You're not ready. Yeah, you can't yeah, talk about no, that No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. But I wanted to sit and proclaim that we weren't sitting around watching Big Mouth because, uh, well, I'll just speak for myself only. Right. Uh, I was researching. I will say that I think I'm a little more... Um, what's, I'm a little more inclined to enjoy animated films than you guys like how I, I put here's a hot take culture not really but I put Lego movie or Lego Batman movie it was what it was I put in it was like my number seven or number eight movie or whatever that year that it came out and you guys were like there's what no the fucking fuck way <laughs> but I was like well did you see it and you said no so yeah there's no fucking way wasn't that it it you know it wasn't it was you gotta be just fucking with us. <laughs> right. No, I really do like that movie. That movie's cool. I really like animated movies. Yeah, um, same here. I, uh, 
like that Spider-Man movie that was out last year. I don't think you saw it with us. No, we saw no, it on tour. But I never go watch those. That movie was pretty kick-ass. I think you'd like I that. really uh, like uh, a lot, just as much as animated movies to me aren't any less movies. Right. Cartoons, stop motion, uh, you know, claymation, whatever it may be. I really, really like it. And which I try to make every music video one. One, because I don't like to be in them. But two, because I think they're just so cool. And I I haven't came across an animator that I actually like working with. We have some animated sequences and we have some anim- uh, I think we I think we have some animated videos even, but... Yeah, you've got the one for Gavin, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely not satisfied with with anyone's animation that I've worked with to the extent where I'd want to just keep working them with them, which is what I would like to find a real animator to work with because, um, you know, we're doing the research. We're doing pro- projects, more animation. I guess if you're an animator listening to the podcast, hit if us up. you're an animator, we'll get you good. into the inner circle. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you animate, um, even Flash, I like... Which is not even shit, you know, flash animation, whatever. Any type of animation, I just uh, cannot get enough of. It's kind of something. Regardless of what kind, it doesn't matter. This is going to definitely be an anecdotal fringe example, but like flash animation, you said, you know, it's not whatever, but like there's people that have made careers for themselves off of something that was flash animated. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I know one example. Is there was this game that I used to play, um, and it was a Flash game, and then the guy made so much money off the Flash game that he made it into a real game, and then he made so much money off the real game that now he's got a card game that sells in Target. Really? I mean, it took him years to do it, but it's like... See, I separate those things as that guy's whole quest, that guy's whole effort. I'm not taking nothing away from that. I just mean Flash as a medium. Um is not as uh, renowned. As, yeah. It's not as, uh, what would that be called? Like something when it's old or legacy, like a... It's not like appreciated it's not or as, looked back upon or... Or even established, right? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind, what we know as Flash is pretty new in the sense that it's changed so much in the past 15 years or yeah. 20 w- years. I don't really know the history of Flash, but... Um, it's changing so quickly that I don't really know exactly where it's going to land. But I don't like to compare it to something like stop mo- uh, motion, say like Kubo or something. Yeah, that's next Kubo level. to me is tip of the iceberg. Did you ever see um, their new movie, The Lakia Studios, The Missing Link? I didn't see that one. No. But every yeah. every one of their movies that I've seen has been better, animation-wise. Yeah. From Coraline to... I think Box Trolls, Paranorman, I think they did too. Yeah. But Kubo's definitely top of that. Kubo, to me, it's called, what is it called? Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, that movie's. That's top. That's the, that's the top of it. I think that, I like that. Um, this is not a hot take, even though you'll think it's one. I like that better than Wes Anderson's uh, stuff. Uh, oh, as far Fantastic as. Fantastic Mr. Fox yeah, and the yeah, Isle yeah. of Dogs. I, I agree. Wes Anderson stuff to me isn't meant to be. To me, when, like, the Kubo, when that studio, the Lakia, when they make a movie, they're setting out to be like, how can we push? They're like the Pixar of stop motion. Yeah, the Apple, yeah. They're like, how can we push 
the technology. Whereas Wes Anderson's like, oh, how can I use this technology to tell a story? Not that yeah, Lakey yeah. is not telling a story. I don't but think they are. A bit but, different, yeah. Um, yeah, I got to see that Missing Link that came out last year, I think. Yeah, it seems like we had put it on our radar and then we forgot we to go tour, watch it. I think, or something. I but, really got to peep that. Um, but yeah, hot take culture. Back to is that what we were talking about? Yeah, Animation? we were talking about polarizing Polar- shit. Oh and yeah, we're talking stuff about like that mouth. where it's just. Yeah. Um, you say something's polarizing because everyone either says they hate is, it or they love it. Yeah, which. Which is strange because today I think that's the least polarizing as ever. It's a completely desensitized, completely overstimulated generation that doesn't love or hate anything. Right. They're just indifferent or eh about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something that I wish people could do more of because I never really hear anybody say it um, outside of like people that I know are smart and in tune with media um, is being able to say oh I liked something or it's, it's usually I didn't like it but I can recognize that it was good yeah it's oh that fucking sucked so like yeah I heard somebody say that the Suspiria remake was the worst movie they've ever seen and I was like I could see you even not liking the movie that's fine but you there has to be some sort of objectiveness Either that, or you've you've only seen a few movies, and they've all been really fucking good. If you think that's the worst movie you've ever seen, yeah, it's like it uh, can't be true. It says a lot to me when someone's able to say, "I didn't like it, but I think it's good," or "I." It doesn't really happen the other way, where I like something and I think it's, I can recognize that it's bad. I guess something like B horror or something. The room. Like yeah, it's like it's so bad that it's good. Yeah, but. Yeah, I can meet anyone halfway on anything, but... When people say stuff like that, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. I just disregard anything you think about film, or... Usually to me, if I... uh, Well, normally I ignore those type of people, but if I know them, say, like, us. Yeah. And we're talking to the crew or something. I always just, you know, because they're my shitty friends, I'm stuck with them for life anyway. Instead of ignoring them like I do the rest of the universe, (laughs) I always just have to say... um, what the fuck have you done? How wild was last night? <laughs>